When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because you're feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. The fans loved it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Wooldog, sitting with one of two Duggan brothers yet again, but it's not Kev this time. It's Kyle the Coach Duggan. How the turns have tabled, my friends. <laughs> so I... From what I from what I can pick up when it's a two person thing, we spend the first five minutes just ragging on right. the missing so character. The floor is yours, Kyle. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind. Be a kind Ooh, brother. You're gonna be the bigger I'm, man. I'm I'm proud of my brother. He was away for several weeks filming a movie. <laughs> he was got back yes. to his family and decided to be a good dad and husband and hang out with his family. So right. well, he wanted we gave to the be, night off. Yeah, he wanted to be above ground. So. Yeah, um, we're we're all for that. Um, so yes, it's going to be me and Coach here, folks. Uh, Kev will be back on the next episode, but we're giving him Friday off. He's earned it. He's been <laughs> he's been working hard. He's been working long hours. TGIF, Kev, exactly. So enjoy your family matters with Steve Urkel. But uh, <laughs> us here at Charge of Chat, we're going to talk about what's been going on, and uh, we've got another Craig experience and a Bolt history lined up for you guys, but. Let's start off with some drama. <laughs> All oh, right, man. So let's let's take this piece by piece because there's a lot of people that are upset. And you know what? If you want to be upset, that's totally fine. That is 100% okay. That was my initial reaction. I was very It was upset. mine too. So let's start this off. So first off, it starts with a tweet from Corbin K. Smith who says, his tweet says, Nuosu says the Seahawks had the best offer on the table compared to other interested teams. Also said he's looking forward to playing in front of a, quote, real fan base, end quote, and for Peach, Pete, Coach Pete Carroll. Excuse me. All right. So you see that. And immediately you're just like, what the f***? Like, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Real I think, fan base? Like, I think, I think we all have a little bit of PTSD. We're all a little gun shy. 
Well, and and rightfully so, right? Melvin Gordon went and did his whole thing a few years ago. And that was exactly it. You were just, you're like, your eye starts twitching like it's yeah, Melvin Gordon yeah. all over again, like you son of and, a bitch. It, and that's just the narrative right now with the Chargers in general. It's everyone challenging our fan base. Everyone, mm-hmm. get, like all the broadcasters continually calling all of our games, home games for the visiting team. Correct, so, yeah. It, it's it was just not for Chinna. Like now that I've went back and I you sent it to us because I was ready yes. to get heated up. I was like, oh, Chinna's yeah. dead to me. I'm done. <laughs> I was, we're I was doing the same thing. I was so petty that I was gonna like look for any time that I tweeted Uchenna and be like, I take it back. I <laughs> yeah, take it all. Yeah, back. Delete these tweets. Yeah, I'm gonna delete this and I'm gonna say you suck. Um, <laughs> yeah, and understandably so. A lot of people of the Charger community tweeted right. out like they're just done with Uchenna and can't believe what he said. He he just chose poor work. Honestly, he was not prepared for that interview. It was, he, if you listen to a little bit more of it, you take some context. He, he did not sound good at all about any of the answer. He's, they kind of asked why he signed with Seattle. Right. He's like, Oh, the taxes are better in Washington. (laughs) I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is not what you say to, and, and like this kind of question, you're like, oh, I'm excited to play for this, this guy, USC yes. ties with Pete Carroll. They're yes. a great team. I'm excited to be in Seattle. And you just do the vanilla. Th- you don't talk about your taxes, even if that's a real reason. <laughs> fan- <laughs> like the Seattle fans are not like, oh, hell yeah, we got him because we have better taxes in yeah, California. Yeah, let's go taxes. <laughs> this greedy guy just only cares about how many extra dollars he gets by saving. Right. Like it was just all around just kind of dumb. And then at the end there, I think he could sense he was answering it poorly. So he tried to throw a little bone to the Seahawks and was like, oh, and they have a great fan base. Right. It, so uh, context is in, extremely important in yeah. all of this, because if you just look at that quote mm-hmm. immediately and understandably, so everybody's going to go like real fans, like, yeah, get out all right, of here. All right. Seattle's got real fans. Like yeah. what? Like, what is that even? So. The context of all of this is that this was an interview that was done very similarly that the Chargers have had in the past, where like it's like six or seven different analysts or interviewers, and they're asking, they're going, you know, all right, now it's this guy, now it's this guy, now it's this guy, and they're all asking questions. And I, I don't know the guy that asked it. It might as well have been Corbin K. Smith that asked the question. Um, but he was asking, you know, what ultimately was the decision on Seattle? Why choose Seattle and what other options you had? So yeah. he was saying, like, okay, the reason why I chose Seattle is like there was other options out there, but you know, tax break. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I, I mean, it was like one of the big. That was his top reason, I guess. <laughs> it um, was, yeah. And and then when it got to that part that has you know triggered a lot of Charger fans, and understandably so. Um, uh, he said, "I just feel like Seattle's a great history. I get to experience, you know, a legit." fan base. So first of all, Corbin's quote was not even right. He said real fan base. It's not real fan base. It's legit fan base. Um, But still, some people were upset about that. But you got to understand, again, like this is a Seattle interview. This isn't like Uchenna's on, you know, NFL Network and he's telling the world that like Seattle's got a legit fan base. This is like, hey, man, I'm talking to Seattle fans more than anybody else. And letting them know like, hey, man, I'm here to freaking play. You guys rock. I know you guys are a legit fan base. Let's go. So and I kind of I, I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt too. Melvin Gordon expanded on his distaste for well, our fan base. Melvin Gordon just straight up said we don't have fans. Right. He said that the Chargers do not have fans. Yeah. I'm excited to play for a team that has fans. Mm-hmm. That's that's 
a- after like having a little bit of time to cool down after seeing it, mm-hmm. like that's that's not really what channel. That's not really what he was saying. No. He was saying, "I'm excited for this is the reason I chose this team. They have a great history and they have a legit fan base. Right. It wasn't they have a legit fan base, and I'm not. I'm excited to play for that because I've never had that before. That's exactly that, that. I don't think that was the the intention behind his comments. Right. There was no. there was no emphasis on any words where he was like, you know, a legit fan base. Like he didn't put any emphasis on like this fan base is legit. Like there, I can understand again, if you just look at it in text, it's completely understandable to be like, what the man? Like why, why, what are you shitting on us for? And it's just like, he's not, he's not shitting on us. He's trying to hype up the Seahawks fan base. Understandably. So that's, that's his, that's his place now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not following Uchenna anymore. I really don't follow like once a team no, a player leaves a team, gone, done, I, I, yeah. and that's not like a hateful thing. It's them. just like, yeah, I don't need to hear what's going on in Chicago, <laughs> yeah, or Seattle Sorry. or anything like that. Like, I don't yeah. need to hear that. So, um, so if you guys are still mad about it, that's totally fine. Yep. I ain't judging you. Go get them. Um, yeah, go get them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> use that. Use that energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I really don't think Uchenna meant. To harm anybody. I did, I did think it was funny the one, the tweet that he came out kind of defending himself, which rightfully so. I think that I don't think that that was a bad call. Like he, I think what he, when he tweeted, he was like, what did he say? He said, um, like just because, oh, here's, here's what it was. It was, uh, no, gosh darn it. Where is it? Okay, hang on. <laughs> We're old guys. We're, we have a hard time with Twitter <laughs> and technology. <laughs> Stinking. <laughs> gone where is it it was basically like, about like just because um, i said the seahawks are a legit fan base yeah. doesn't mean that you guys yeah, yeah. aren't or something and then like that. um oh never this said guy chargers didn't yeah yeah and then at base. mishi is the twitter handle he says mac is a legit pass rusher never right. said nuosu is it <laughs> right exactly so yeah, it's it, it, it i think it, i think here's the real thing i think our insecurities as charger fans oh yeah it, it was just like he just he poked that insecurity in us, right. in all of us. Like right. we're trying so hard to be, to be that fan base, to create it, to be like ground zero where we're growing and we are growing and it's mm-hmm. becoming more and more the home, the home field advantage is getting there. So like that insecurity of ours though is still there. So absolutely, when you, when you poke, when you poke the bear, it just be careful. Like he just hit, it was a really poor decision right. and choice of words. Obviously, he if he could have taken it back, he would yeah. have. He would have just yeah, said, yeah. like, I can't wait to play for the Seahawks fans. Yeah, like, yeah. You just, that's all you had to say. You yeah. didn't have to go. I'm excited to see the that. fans. Blah, exactly. blah, 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 whatever. Boom. You know? That's it. Yeah. He'd be like, what do you mean you're excited to see the fans? You've seen <laughs> fans before. Like, <laughs> yeah. God bless. I'm not insecure. You're insecure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, best to Uchenna. I hope everything goes well for him, you know. And and I believe the Chargers play the Seahawks this year, so get yeah, ready to open that NFC wound one more time yeah. <laughs> when it comes back around. I'm sure it'll be brought back up again. But um, uh, all right, well, hey, it's all good. Um, what else is all good is if you go to <laughs> ChargerChat.com. I was trying to find a good segue, man. That, that was, was really it. tough. You nailed it. Um, yeah, go to ChargerChat.com and check out some of the stuff that we've got over there. We've got you know, shirts, you know, hoodies and stickers. And, you know, if you feel inclined to buy something that really does help out the podcast, you know, because it does, this does cost and we're not really getting paid for any of this. So I haven't seen a dime. I haven't seen a dime. So every shirt you buy helps us keep going and, and, and keep on keeping on. So 
Uh, and also check out the members section because we've got that where I see every day there's people chatting up with each other in, in chargerchat.com. And you can also ask questions and ask both fam. So check it out, chargerchat.com. All right. Well, now it is time to go on to the next segment. Uh, it is the Craig experience. I have no idea what he's got lined up, but with the draft being only three weeks away, I'm betting it's going to have something to do with that. So let's see what he's got for us today. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. The oh. Great Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. Well, howdy doody. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, members of the boat gang contingent alike, it is your guy Craig in Texas, and welcome to another edition of the Craig Experience. We are three short weeks or by the time you're seeing this just under away from christmas in april that's right draft day and there's been some news bandied about and i'd like to get into a bit of it so let's do that cc gang big salute by the way let's go it's been slow going here in free agency in the last few weeks but we knew there was some news about the uh returner position that you know we got a little bit of info about over the last week or so I mean, Andre Roberts hasn't been brought back in. He posted a little something on Twitter about um, age, which, I mean, the dude's 34, but he came in and did a bang-up job for us last season, and, I mean, I could absolutely see him be rewarded for it. I mean, kind of earned it. At least I think so, and I also get it. He's 34, and... At some point, the production is going to start to wane, but didn't look like he fell off at all last year. Again, by the time you're seeing this, some of the stuff is already taking place, but uh, the Chargers apparently met with DeAndre Carter, who is a kick returner slash wide receiver from the uh, Washington Commanders. I'm not going to get used to saying that name. Younger, 28 years old and apparently had his best season as a returner just last year. So I get it. You want to get younger at the position, kind of control the rights to the contract for a little bit longer, and you also want to get somebody who provides something on offense, maybe, kind of, sort of. I would assume that he's probably not the answer, at least I hope to God not, for uh, the missing link of speed on the offense. Probably somebody who can come in and give you some snaps on offense in the event that one of your receivers goes down, but I sincerely hope this is not what stops them from going for an explosive speed option in the draft so right now i think the focus is on him just as a returner makes sense though so i know that he had already had his visit you're seeing this on a friday so maybe he signed by now but who knows my guess is it's going to be between either he and roberts and i mean it's probably uh special teams coach mr ficken one of his selections my best guess is they want to get younger. We'll see where that goes. Outside of that, there have been a few names that have popped up here uh, on the draft radar that I don't know if any of us were familiar with. There's this dude out of Wake Forest, uh, Jacari Roberson, who apparently lit his pro day all the way up. And uh, cats from Purdue, I believe. Sorry, not Purdue, Wake Forest. Forgive me for that. What? I think he ran something like a full low he was in the low four fours in his 40 like 443 had like 40 inch vert 
10, 11 broad jump. But what was really, really, really impressive were uh, his short shuttle and three cone. He's pretty much in the 90th percentile in everything. But those are the things that really stand out to me because of, I think you've heard me mention this before, whatever wide receiver the Chargers invest in, I don't, don't just want him to be fast. Like Jalen Guyton is straight line fast. I also want somebody that's got some ridiculous short area quickness, burst and agility. I've never even heard of this dude, so now I have to go back and watch him. But according to these pro day numbers, when again, you take it with a grain of salt because it's pro days, he kind of sort of fits that bill. So, yeah, I got to fire up the old computer and uh, do some more research and see what I can dig up on him tape wise. But I'll let you know how I feel about him later on. Uh, and then there was a cat offensive tackle. Uh, hope I'm pronouncing his name is either Gene or Jean uh, Delance from Florida. Uh, the Shrine Bowl participant and the Chargers apparently met with him as well. Oh, yeah. Chargers met with uh, Roberson also. They actually flew out to Wake Forest to work him out. So that's got to mean something. And uh, back to Delance. Uh, again, it's another really impressive physical specimen from an athletic standpoint. East-West Shrine game standout. So it's probably why you didn't hear a whole lot about him. But you know how the Chargers are about these guys. And uh, some of these bowl games with players that didn't get a whole lot of shine, you know they're going to be all up and through those. They're going to try to find their little hidden gems here and there. But apparently, Delance is a name that's getting some real buzz in the draft community. So uh, it's another guy I got to do some more work on. But uh, definitely has uh, some guard tackle flexibility. I'm guessing a mid to late round pick. But the Chargers, you never know. They're always kind of looking to find a diamond in the rough, so I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these names pop up somewhere. But what I really want to talk about today is a certain pro day that's coming up here. Well, as I'm recording this, it's tomorrow. So again, once you see this, it will have already happened and we will know what the results of it uh, are or have been. LSU and um, Coach uh, Hill and uh, Coach Ainsley are going out to that pro day in Baton Rouge. That's right. Your defensive coordinator and your DB's coach. And can you guess why? That's right. A one Mr. Derek Stingley will be performing. And who boy. That's something to keep an eye on. Reports are that he's pretty much back to 100%, so I fully expect him to tear it all the way up. And Stingley is a special athlete, and I know this because I've seen him since his high school days, me being a Louisiana kid. I keep up with these guys, especially the ones that go to LSU. I've got some connections there, some family that's close to his family. Hmm, it's about as deep as I'm gonna get into it because I can't give all my stuff away. But, uh, if Buddy's back to where he should be, and I'm hearing that he pretty much is, he might light this thing up. And I mean, at that point, if he does, chances of him falling to 17 are slim to none. I mean, pretty much that way already. I will say this though, if there's any 
any way he gets that far down to the point to where he makes it to 17. Mike Davis might need to start updating his resume. You don't pass up on this type of talent. And do they have that type of need at corner right now for a starter opposite a JC Jackson? No, not necessarily, but it definitely doesn't hurt to have that type of firepower this year and moving forward and gives you options in the event that they don't plan on bringing uh, Vato back, which, you know, is understandable, but I'm with a lot of fans of Michael Davis, you know, somebody that I like as well, but yo, again, they don't make them like Derek Stingley. Not very often. This is only a few and far between guys who can play ball like this at that position come along. So if they're there, you snatch them up. That's all I got for you guys today. Just a couple things I wanted to touch on. Some stuff that I've been hearing. Some buzz here and there. But, you know, regardless, your boy's here. And we will chat about it throughout the weeks leading up to the draft since we are almost there. Kind of laser focused on it. So... Uh, that's where my attention is. But uh, until next time, you guys be good. You know what it is. It's Mr. T-O-P, F-L-Y-T-3, over on Twitter. And you can catch me at Charger to the Game over on the Flight Deck on YouTube. That is my page. Uh, feel free to stop by. I'm at 100 subs now. I appreciate you guys for that. Um, you guys have been doing an amazing job coming through and uh, visiting your boy. And let's run that thing up. You know, over time, I'm going to grow it organically, of course. So, again, till then. Y'all take it easy. Be good. We love you. Bye. Goodness gracious, Craig! With all the sound sound effects, you got a little soundboard going there. You're ready, and man. And the inserts. Yes. Things are things are spicing up over at the Craig Experience. Absolutely. Well, uh, great looking at some of those players again. Some great guys that uh, we names that we haven't heard yet. But that Stingley. Uh, yeah, we did see the LSU that. Pro Day. LSU Pro Day was no joke. Stingley no. went out and was running drills. Yeah, and. Uh, from what we saw from Gilbert Manzano um, said that uh, Derek Stingley said Chargers head coach Brandon Staley was giving him pointers during drills. Uh, Staley keeps saying he's always looking for corners. So uh, something to definitely keep in mind, um, whether or not Stingley falls to 17, that's, that's going to be the question. If the guy truly is back at a hundred percent, I don't know that he'll necessarily make it to 17, but uh, well, right now I looked, I looked on uh, Bleacher Report has their whole thing. It looked oh, like yeah. one of the more recent projections. He's going in like that 12-ish area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's close. It's de- it definitely could happen. I mean, Derwin James fell to 17. Um, right. And Stingley's coming off that injury. If you need a cornerback one, which normally in the first round, if you're picking a guy at his value, like where he should be going, you're he's a day one starter plug sure. in right away. Right. And with guy was with injury concerns that haven't really played a whole lot in now two years. Um, I I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that he slides. Sure. And even, even if it's just a couple, um, you never know what the chargers do to try to maybe go get him if they really, really like it. Clearly, Staley wanted to get his eyes on him. Absolutely. Head coach going to a pro day and running drills and giving pointers. Right. You don't just do that for nobody. No, no, clearly not. And it, the, the, the word that I keep hearing is that Staley, you know, highly covets that, that secondary, those cornerback yeah. safety he positions. He wants a stable of corners. Yeah. So <laughs> it would not surprise me if that ends up being what he's, what he's looking at. But, um, but we'll we'll keep an eye on it. And Craig, you know, keep 
taking a look at those draft positions, we've got three weeks uh, from the day that we're recording this. So um, it's, it's coming. It's, it's coming hot and heavy, and it's going to be pretty exciting. It's uh, it, it really is. Like like Craig said, it's Christmas in, in April. So, uh, Craig, again, thank you for coming by, man. And, and good to see you're getting 100 subs on, on the YouTube channel. That's awesome. Everybody yeah. go check him out. Um, he's, he's got some spicy takes. This last one was pretty spicy. So yeah, they're good. And they're not, you don't, you don't have to commit to an hour, hour and a half. Like, our <laughs> yeah, you don't have to wait and like <laughs> TiVo through us just to get to Craig. You can just go straight yeah. to Craig and get, yep. get it straight from him. So, yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. It is bolt history. Let's see what bit of history we're going to learn about today. Shall we? Can't wait. Remember like it was yesterday. In comes this whirlwind, Don Coriel. So see the San Diego Chargers and see spectacular professional football at its best. Into the end zone, Charger fans are witnesses to history! What's up, Bolt gang, and welcome back to Bolt History with me, your Charger Chat historian, Mike Maudlin. And today, obviously, we have a great guest with us today on Bolt History. Tony from Brooklyn is with me. One of the only people in this universe who could take my job and do a better job of it than me. Uh, so I'm so proud and happy to welcome Tony into our Bolt History family. Obviously, he's been on Bolt Chat or Charger Chat a couple of times. Um, so honored to have you with me today, Tony. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about the one and only Don Coriel. So we'll start off with talking about uh, Don Coriel was born in Seattle in 1924, October 17th. He's widely known among Chargers fans as being the father of the Air Coriel offense that he became famous for. Uh, he enlisted in the army in 1943. He spent three years as an army paratrooper and then attended the university of Washington where he played halfback for them and then became, began his coaching career there as well as an assistant coach in 1961, he became head coach at the Sandy at San Diego state university where John Madden and Joe Gibbs were his assistants or uh, were among his assistant assistant coaches at San Diego state. He won 104 games out of the 125 total. And while he was coaching there, attendance went from 8,000 people a game to over 41,000 people attending the games there. 54 players from his San Diego State teams would go on to get drafted by NFL teams. Five of them were drafted in the first round, and nine of them were first-team All-Pros. While he was at SDSU, there was going to be a spring scrimmage. This is a really funny story. And Coriel told John Madden he was going to be coaching one of the teams. And Joe Gibbs was John Madden's assistant on defense at this time. And he told Joe Gibbs that he was going to be coaching the other team. So John Madden approached Gibbs and said, hey, man, I, I'd like you to give me the plays so we know what to, what to coach him up for uh, so we can be prepared. And Joe Gibbs said, no, I'm not giving you the plays. Uh, and so John Madden got mad and he went to Coach Coriel and he said, hey, man, this guy's not helping me out. Uh, you know, I, I'd asked him for the plays and he's refusing. And Don Coriel said to both of them, treat this as, as if it were a real game. I don't want anybody disclosing any of the plays. So they played the game. Joe Gibbs team won uh, at the end of the game. They went out to half uh, to midfield to shake hands, but instead of shaking hands, John Madden fired Joe Gibbs on the spot. Now Don Coriel saw that Joe Gibbs was really upset. So he ended up hiring him back on the offense and Joe began Joe Gibbs. The rest is history. He became a prolific offensive coach. He was hired by the St. Louis Cardinals away from San Diego state, making him the first coach from a small college to be hired as an NFL coach. Now on to the important news. San Diego Chargers, they started the 78 season with one win in four games. So they, rep they replaced coach Tommy Prothro with Don Coriel. They went eight and four the rest of the season, winning seven of their last eight games. Going into the 1979 season, they were 12 and four. 
12 wins was the most career or most season wins in Don Coriel's history or career. They won the AFC West, but they lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Houston Oilers. And they had seven pro bowlers, five of them from the offense. Any memories about that game, Tony? One of the worst games I ever saw. <laughs> yes, sir. Could never, could never understand. I, I, and I have, I don't know who to blame. But for that game, to watch that game, I think Faust threw five picks that day. Yes, that's Four right. The guy Vernon Perry. Oh, man, you remember who it was. And, 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 and Earl Campbell didn't play. Rob Carpenter was the running back that hurt uh, us that day. And the game was at home. And, and when people say, you know, that year, I remember that year because Pittsburgh came into San Diego and the Chargers destroyed them 35 to 7. They, 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 somebody once said that that was their best team, that, that 79 team. That's the team that should have went and won the Super Bowl. I think that would have been the year they would have played the Rams. I'm still a young fan there. I don't have all the scars of all the losses in the future because that's really my first one with the Chargers, you know? But with Coriel, like as a kid, what you have to understand is it's basically he's it's almost different. It's almost like when rock and roll, when the Beatles bring rock and roll, because he's changing the environment. Everybody right. was still looking for first down run, second down run, and maybe if it's a short uh, third down run and fourth down punt. And if right. it's a third down, you throw a short square out, as they used to call it. Everybody was in that norm. And in St. Louis, even though I'm not a Slews fan, when they played the Giants, you've seen this different kind of game coming into play. Right. And, and a lot of people looking back uh, were like, you know, we don't want this, especially the teams that didn't have a quarterback who could put the ball down the field. No doubt. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I I brought or, or saw when I was researching this was that there was kind of an unwritten rule amongst teams that you don't do that. You don't just bomb the ball away like that. And Don Coriel's like, I don't give a shit, man. I'm doing it. <laughs> in his game, and he brought that style. And then when he when he, he when he came to us, you just waited, and you, you just knew that this man was bringing his style to the perfect city. You know, he was a paratrooper. He right. lived outdoors. He loved the air. I, you know, I love nature. I live in New York City in Brooklyn, surrounded by buildings. When I get to see nature, I'm at my calmest because it's pure. It's right there. It's not bought in the store. It's not fabricated. It's there. No doubt. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I'd, I'd read too, is Dan Fouts said that his offense was so different in that he said, if you see a wide receiver that's open, throw it to him. I don't care if you make an incompletion. If you see like their first read was a bomb. And then he, it was one of the only coaches where your first read should be as far as you could throw it and then work your way back towards the line of scrimmage rather than the other way around. Okay. So the 1981 season, that was a heartbreaking season. We had a 10 and six record. We led the lead. We led the league in scoring. We had five pro bowlers. Four of them were from the offense and they won the Epic in Miami, but then went on to lose the AFC championship game in the freezer bowl, which was just a bunch of horse crap. And we've covered both of those games in a different bold history, but man, that freezer bowl was just. That game is, ne that game is never played today. No, they wouldn't play it today. And, and, and then why didn't Cincinnati face any repercussions for cheating when they opened the gates so that we couldn't throw the ball, you know? Um, because all fairways love them well, especially in the NFL, you know? <laughs> They'll let the fields down what they have to do. But I remember Dan Faust saying that Kenny Anderson threw a tighter spiral, so the ball was more online. And if you notice, Dan Faust, all his completions, most of them were on first down when he came off the sideline. They had those hand ones back Right. Then. 
you know, it's not it's not fair to the Chargers because Chargers went there to play to win, but the um, the Cincinnati players looked at the Chargers on the field, knowing we're we're winning today not because we have more talent, but because the environment is better suited to us. From the 1982 season to the 1985 season, the Chargers were starting to become an aging team. They were still explosive on offense. But much like his time with the Cardinals, the defense was letting him down. At the same time, ownership wasn't paying the players well. At one point, Fred Dean approached the ownership and said, look, I'm making the same amount as my my brother-in-law, who's a truck driver. In 1986, the Chargers started 1-7. Coriel was fired and replaced by his protege, Al Al Saunders, uh, which is disappointing. But his 69 wins with the Chargers are the second most in Bolt history behind Sid Gilman. The Chargers were the first team from the AFC West to run more passing plays, 541, than rushing plays, 481. Uh, some of the things that Don Coriel innovated were the I formation, the one-back formation. He developed the Joker t- tight end role. Uh, he pioneered the use of option routes, devised the flood route combination, conceived the number route tree, and the associated play calls and languages that, that teams still use today. He advanced the use of the pre-snap motion, and running back screens. He was a big proponent of bringing the running back into the passing game. Uh, Terry Metcalf comes to mind, and obviously with the Chargers, we had a plethora of them with Muncie and and, uh, Little Train and, man, all kinds of guys. His record as an NFL head coach was 114-89-1 with a 3-6 and record in the playoffs. He's a member of the College Football Hall of Fame, the University of Washington Hall of Fame, the San Diego State University Hall of Fame, San Diego Hall of Champions, Chargers Hall of Fame, a member of the 40th and 50th Chargers anniversary teams, and he's the only, still the only head coach to have won 100 games both in college and at the pro level. Joe Gibbs said of Don Coriel, he's a down-to-earth guy, no ego, totally honest, but extremely intense. He would prepare for games like he was playing in them himself. Unfortunately, Don passed away in 2010 on July 1st. Um, and rest in peace, Don. Um, and that's really all I've got on Don Coriel. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for joining me today and for bringing all your insight and your knowledge to help me out with this. I can't thank you enough. Thanks so much. All right, brother. Well, what a killer Bolt history. Like, I, I love hearing about the the Don Coriel days because those are just like, it, those are up there, man. Like, it, yeah. We, it's like what put the Chargers on the map. Like that, we, Absolutely, we were yeah. part of revolutionizing football. Big because time. of the air Coriel mindset and the way yeah. that he did things. So yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool to have that as part of the charger history. It is awesome. What an awesome bolt history. So I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, any, any final thoughts there, Kyle? I don't, I don't have any bold predictions. I will see if any of these previous ones come, come to fruition before we I will, start yeah. throwing out anymore. Yeah. We'll, we'll let Kevin be here so you can, when you make the bold prediction, he yeah, can, yeah, he knows. He can relish it. It, yeah, like, yeah. Ooh, Kyle right. was red again. Oh, damn it, Kyle, <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's gonna do it for us here at Charge Chat, folks. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. That felt weird that I had to do it first. I paused for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to go first, but I was like, wait, no, Adam goes. Oh last. shit, it's me. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm on. <laughs> 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.